Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Vincent Jackson suffered from chronic alcoholism, and his family suspects that he may have had CTE. That's according to Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister. But the Jackson family says Cronister does not speak for them. We'll sort all that happened out with the news on Jackson Wednesday. The Rays traded their top catching prospect to the Red Sox for two pitchers with major league experience. And Tim Tebow, he's hanging up his spikes. We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Marina Bay St. Petersburg, luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on beautiful Bogusiega Bay. All new construction is available right now. Contact them at marinabaystpete.com or call 727-906-3300. All right, so let's uh, sort out some of this Vincent Jackson, I guess you say, news um, that was breaking a little bit on Wednesday, actually Wednesday morning. Here's what happened. Um, Chad Cronister, the Hillsborough County Sheriff, who I know very well, he's actually a pretty good friend of mine, and um, he was on MJ. You know MJ in the morning, Steve? They have. Uh, I do the, know MJ in the morning. You know him very well, the Q105. Yes. I think he's. Is it yeah, 105? He's on, or yeah, he's on Q105, which is 1047 yeah. on your dial here in Tampa Bay. Yeah, so and you work with him for years, and mm-hmm. um, so he's back on the air. And and if you recall, I believe it was Tuesday. I guess it would have been that um, they had that incident where somebody had um, was helping their mom in with groceries, and their their mm-hmm. one year old was in the in the SUV. Yeah, and and this guy hopped in the car. It was running because they didn't want to wake the child hopped in the car and took off. And probably unbeknownst to him, there was a baby in the backseat. I don't think this individual cared one way or the other. Yeah, it didn't happen far um, from my house here in Valrico. Yeah, that's right. It was in Valrico. You're yep. right. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was a there was an Amber Alert. We all got the Amber Alerts on our phone. You know, this one-year-old child had been abducted or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was in the back of this uh, this car. Fortunately, all, all ended well. Um, the individual went about three miles and parked the car with the baby unharmed inside about three miles away. Well, anyway, uh, the sheriff's department did a good job. They, they located the car, brought the child back home. Everybody's safe. Um, it, was a, it was a happy ending. And, um, and good work by the sheriff's department. They got her pretty quickly, I think about a half hour or so. Um, and so Chad was on primarily to talk about that. I mean, that was the story, I guess, of the day. And uh, towards the end, MJ asked him, hey, this Vincent Jackson thing, you know, and I'm not quoting MJ, but it's basically, you know, hey, um, you know, what, what happened there? You know, what's, you know, what was kind of shocking or whatever. And so Chad said, Sheriff Conister said the following. Um, he basically said that uh, uh, we got the autopsy report back that's going to be le- released today. Unfortunately, um, he suffered from chronic alcoholism. Again, just tragic. We haven't gotten the toxology back. Um, 
report back. So, you know, I can't say with any certainty that was it, but a lot of longstanding health conditions that contribute to his passing because of some alcohol abuse. And then before he was done, um, he was asked, well, you know, MJ asked him something to say, well, why was he living in his hotel all this time? Why wasn't he with the family, you know, and if it's a house in Palmasia or whatever. And he goes, well, this is just speculation, but what the family is telling me is that he suffered from CTE. They believe he had a lot of concussion problems. And when you suffer from that, you're not yourself. You're not your normal self. And they believe wholeheartedly that all these actions are a result of what he suffered while he was playing in the NFL. Okay. Um, apparently, the family um, obviously caught word of this. But let, let's just let's just back up a little bit. First and foremost, the, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's had to come out later and say, yeah, we don't have the autopsy report, and it'll be several weeks probably before we do. And that's standard. I mean, it, it takes... You know, the backup at the medical examiner's office, plus somebody who died unexpectedly at age 38, they're going to do a thorough job. Um, so we're probably looking at six to eight to maybe even as much as 12 weeks before we see that thing. So it was a surprising that he mentioned that he thought maybe it would be released. And so they clarified that. And then they said that um, that his comments were based on what family members had told investigators about his condition and about... Um, his alcoholism and things like this, which may which may be completely true. I don't I don't have no way of, of knowing one way or the other. Uh, I do know the family came out later, however, and said, "Yeah, Sheriff Cronister does not speak for any member of our family, and right now we are just focused on laying um, our you know beloved Vincent to rest." I mean, they don't have services planned yet. Okay. And we're already talking about um, the root of this. And, and you and I speculate, like I speculated way too much. And, and, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't saying I knew anything because I don't know anything. Like I, I'm like everybody else. I'm waiting for an autopsy report. First of all, if, if Vincent or anybody else has CTE, that's not going to be determined until or unless they um, have his his uh, brain studied someplace, you know, um, post-mortem you know what i mean there's there's not a test for cte um you know you can suspect it and there have been many football players that have had changes of personalities different things you know depression a lot of things that they later found out they had cte and maybe that was the root cause but it's not anything you could say right now until much until everything were, were, were to be examined someplace um where they do that kind of work the other uh the alcoholism part, I I don't know. Um, we know that when he was with San Diego, he had a couple DUIs. Um, look, I, all I know is when I've been around Vincent with the Bucks, he was a an exemplary player uh, on and off the field. We know he's a businessman. I can't say I know his habits because I'm I'm not I'm not in that circle. I'm not you know friends with Vincent Jackson, so to speak. A lot of people are, and rightfully so. And his wife, Lindsay, and their four kids. So, but this this is a tragedy, and all this will be sorted out in time. But maybe it wasn't the time on Wednesday. And I think, I think the the statement from the family is pretty right. Is that that they, that they're focused just on on going through the grieving process. I mean, this is a 
you know, 38 year old um, who seemingly had so much to live for and died of something uh, tragically, maybe unexpectedly, we don't know. And so there's obviously going to be a lot of interest and intrigue and suspicion and, and all of that. Um, but it was, it was a confusing sort of clumsy day that, that, uh, I think the news got out in front of what's actually been determined. And, and look, here, here's the other part of this might be a hundred percent accurate. What we heard all of it, you know, he, he may be, have had chronic alcoholism. He may have, um, the family may suspect that there is CTE involved. All of that could be true. But the investigation is ongoing to the extent that, you know, when I request public records or records about, um, you know, them doing the missing persons search, uh, I got them back, but 99% of it is redacted because it's an open investigation. And that's the way it's going to remain until such a time that, you know, the coroner's report is released and everybody will get it. And I would think then whatever that is, 8, 10, 12 weeks down the road, nothing on there will surprise the family, right? I mean, who knows him better than the family? They know whatever the uh, Vincent had in his life, good, bad, and indifferent. Um, that was their husband, their son, their brother, all that stuff. So um, they'll deal with it then, but they're not prepared to deal with that now. And so... I think that was the the purpose of their of their statement. No, I think um, also it's let's complete the investigation first. Yeah, absolutely. That's, absolutely. You know, not only is it not the right time this quickly, but the investigation's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Since when do do public officials make comments on those on investigations that are ongoing? Well, they they typically don't, and, and I and I would imagine, and I haven't talked to him. I would imagine Sheriff Conister would probably take that back, um, given where they're at in the investigation. I think the first thing they have to do is determine the cause of death, and and um, do, the autopsy has to take place, and that's you know with with any crime scene or any scene where somebody dies unexpectedly or dies in general, particularly someone like Vincent Jackson, you're everybody knows that that there's a heightened interest. They will make sure everybody gets all the information because there's more than a few people that that have requested records, and and we'll know when it's over because they'll tell us when it's over. But um, he said it on the radio to MJ, who I'm, who I know he knows very well. They're friends, I'm sure, you know. Um, and maybe it was a little premature. Maybe you know, certainly the family thought so. But it was that. That's kind of what Wednesday was. It was this sort of you know. Oh my gosh! And it took a lot of people, you know, took a lot of people by surprise. I'm sure. Um, I I don't know that anybody that's you know doesn't run isn't in that circle knows a whole lot more about Vincent other than he was a terrific football player. He does a hell of a lot for this community. You know, his Jackson and Action eighty three Foundation will continue um, as he would want, and. Uh, uh, McDill has released several statements uh, about all the good works. We went over that yesterday on the podcast. I did mention yesterday from my own experience, not anything related to Vincent, but I think I made it clear that like there's too much of this going on, in my opinion. Like, And I don't know how much to assign to football. Much of it has been. Um, so, you know, 
and, and the other thing, we don't know that if the family's going to have this work done anyway. I mean, you know, it's possible we'll never know to what extent or any extent that he may or may not have suffered from CTE. Um, so, you know, again, all of it is speculative and it was, it was sort of, sort of a odd day because I had to write a story about, you know, when the sheriff says that one thing and, and then you have to write that. Um, and then that got lots of national attention. And then of course the, the family had their say, and then the medical examiner made it clear that it's going to be weeks and weeks before they have a uh, conclusion to their, to their autopsy and whatnot. So we're just, we're a little ahead of the curve here with, uh, speculation and whatnot. But, um, I would say, you know, in, in, in fairness to the family, just, you know, let's continue to remember Vincent for what he did, how he lived, not necessarily how he died. Um, or what he died of just yet, but uh, they've got to get through the grieving process. And then we'll find out, you know, if, um, you know, we'll we'll find out if there's other things that, that need to be addressed here or things we can learn, you know, from, from this episode. But it's tragic. It's not going to, you know, there's still somebody who has lost a father, a husband, um, a brother, a son. And, you know, his parents both live here. Um, so, you know, uh, they, they're, still, they're still dealing with the, the shock of, of the whole thing, as I think most of Tampa Bay is, I don't think. And, and then nationally, he's got – he's a well-known football player. I mean, he accomplished a lot in his 12-year career. He made three Pro Bowls, four-time man of the year for, for the Bucks. Uh, again, a business owner in the community with Cass Social and uh, other restaurants and things. Um, so – you know the interest is high, but we'll 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 keep focused on you know sort of his life for now, and then when, when the time comes, I just wanted to explain to people why this became a story because it became a story um, because of an interview, and then everything transpired sort of after that. So I don't expect a whole lot. Again, uh, most of the public documents that that we normally would request have been redacted because the investigation is ongoing and. Um, when they're able to release more, they will. They all know every, there's a high interest in the case, and you know we'll keep you updated uh, sort of on the podcast. But that's what's going on with that. That's all I got to say about that. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Breitling Boutique. Breitling Boutique is an international plaza. You know it's one of only 15 in the United States. They've welcomed championship quarterbacks, Hall of Famers, and championship boxers as clients. But they treat everyone the same. They'll treat you like a champion as well. When you come in, tell them that Rick and Steve sent you, and you will get a free Breitling cap just for trying on one of those beautiful Breitling watches. Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. Let's talk baseball. The Rays. I remember that it was Ramon Hernandez. Wasn't he their top catching prospect? In Ronaldo his, Hernandez, yeah. Ronaldo. He, has, he hasn't yeah. been above Class A, but he's... Okay. Right, their eleventh best prospect, and was their top catching prospect in their organization. They don't have a lot of top-notch catching prospects in the organization. That's one. They seem to always have a lot of pitchers, and right now they seem to have too many outfielders. And but catching has always been an issue for the team. So yeah, yes, that's where we've talked about Ronaldo Hernandez. Is presumably he was the catcher of the future. Well, now he's going to be that for the Red Sox, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, a couple things. One. You rarely want to trade. If you have a catching prospect, you want to hang on to him, especially if he's at the A-ball level. But 
then you traded him to a division rival. <laughs> so, um, but look, they, the Rays don't miss on too many of these. I'm sure they have more information about Ronaldo than than most people. But they also got back they got back major league arms, right? They didn't trade for just guys in the minors. Yeah, they traded for uh, two pitchers, uh, Mazza uh, and Springs, uh, Jeffrey Springs right. and Chris Mazza. Both right. have big league experience, um, and and they think the Rays think they can get more out of them than the Red Sox did. They think they they see something in them, and generally, when the Rays they take do. pitchers like this, they tend to work with them, and and generally they get better, and and things are pretty good. Now, the other part about trading Ronaldo Hernandez is the Rays did get a catching prospect, Blake Hunt, from the Padres in the Blake Snell trade. Oh, okay. And he's further along. Uh, he's a little old, you know, older and further along than Ronaldo Hernandez was at this point. So okay. uh, it's, it's not like they don't have a catcher now, but we have talked about him in the past. But, right, we have. So they now, you know, and, and Eric Neander tonight basically said, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, we like Hernandez and that, but, you know, we were getting two big league ready arms now that we need for this team, and we think that they can do pretty well, and we like what they've got, and so I mean that that's where the the trade comes from. So they also traded uh, John Curtis to the Marlins, got a first base prospect back, mm-hmm. and then uh, they made two signings official: Oliver Drake resigned, and then they uh, free agent left handed pitcher Rich Hill signing here. So yeah, Rich Hill's interesting. Oliver Drake uh, turned out to be a really valuable member of that bullpen. The guy came in and threw threw hard. They have a lot of good arms. You know, I, I love the 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 number of pitchers they can throw at you. The stable. Um, they got the stable. The, they got the stable, man. Yeah. Well, when you go against those savages in New York, I mean. <laughs> the stable's great. I love it. It's got to be a T-shirt every year for the Rays. Um, but they do have a stable. And it is true. Like, when these veterans, some of these veterans, and even some of the younger pitchers, I mean, Tyler Glasnow certainly got better when he got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, you know, Charlie Morton didn't play poorly. Um, he was pitching well for the Astros, but you know, he was one of those guys later in his career that continued to have success. I, I like what the Rays do with their arms and I like the way they Mm -hmm. have guys that are versatile that they can use as starters, as middlemen, as closers, their bullpen is deep. Let me put so, an asterisk by that. I like what the Rays do with their arms, except in Game Six of the World Series when your pitcher is dealing yeah, after seventy-three when pitches. They yank but, them. but beyond that, I like what they do with their arms. I know, I know. <laughs> he'll we'll, we'll, he'll have to win a World Series, right, to get past that. Isn't that the isn't that his Columbus, if you will, well, of the that, Lightning? That, like, what we talked about the uh, in the mailbag the other day about Jason Light, and that the first line yeah. of his Wikipedia page was always going to be Roberto Aguayo. That's right. Well, now it's not anymore. Now he's he's won a the Lombardi Trophy, so that's the first line now. That gets bumped down. So I would imagine Kevin Cash needs to win a World Series to get rid of that one. I mean, he's managed, been manager of the year. He's, you know, mm-hmm. 90-something wins <clears throat> the last few few years and and always going to be remembered for right now is Blake Snell, so he's going to have to get back and win it, I guess. But we do live in Champa Bay, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of excitement. We're going to have Rays, Mark Topkin on tomorrow yeah. on the podcast. So we'll get yeah. further into all this stuff. This is awesome. Um, pitchers and catchers reported yesterday, mm-hmm. so that was cool. First workouts um, today. Baseball's back, baby. I love yeah. it. The, the, the love position it. players will be there next week. Mm-hmm. So they're going to try this, huh? They're going to try to do this without a bubble. They're going to try to no. – Hockey's doing hundred. it. Basketball's yeah. doing it. And those are indoor right. sports for the most part. Now, the Rays do play indoors, but the rest don't. And we're going to have some fans, right? Looks like we might have some fans. It looks like the Rays uh, unveiled some new um, – 
uh, I want to get the ticket the verbiage right. It's not really ticket packages. It was season passes. Uh, new flexible season membership model. There you go. There you so go. So they're they're trying this season membership model based on how much. Um, it's basically. I think it's basically like a prepay for tickets type deal, and you're at a membership level, and you can get certain tickets with that level and and that. So uh, if you go to raisebaseball.com, it'll have all the info. Yeah. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Murata, where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at MuradaStayK.com. The fact that we have a chance to maybe go see live sporting events again, however limited, is mm-hmm. pretty exciting. I think the Lightning has started friends and family. They have, and so. they're going to reevaluate for maybe March what 2nd or right thereafter, mm-hmm. possibly having fans back in. Oh, if they do, so it would probably great. be around that. Initially, they'd announced around you know three thirty eight hundred four thousand were mm-hmm. going to be in the building, and then they they decided not to at the last minute, and that's what the Raptors were having, which was right around that number, right uh, before then. So that's what it looks like they're going to aim to have, hopefully in March. But you know they haven't made a final decision on that yet. Just be so great to have players, and the the you know what's interesting is how I remember when the Bucks did this. Because the first few games they played, there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. Like, go to New Orleans. It was eerie, and it was unusual. And for football, I don't know, it was even worse. Um, and then the Bucks had, I think the first time they had a couple thousand in there, and then eventually they got up to fifteen, almost 16,000. And I'm here to tell you, normally you'd say, wow, they only had 16,000. That's a horrible crowd. And it is for a 65,000-seat stadium. But that six that sixteen thousand might as well have been sixty thousand because the players actually got to hear some reaction and some 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 noise and and see the faces that were cheering them on, and it made a huge difference you know to a man they all were like, "Oh thank God we had you know we had some people in here. what a difference and it's just it's just so unusual um to perform with no one in the audience. I mean, they're performers, you know, that's, that's, that would, that's what gets them pumped up like, like any performer. And, um, so hopefully we're slowly kind of going to get ourselves out of this, uh, terrible pandemic and, and, um, uh, get some people back in the seats and hopefully everybody can get va- vaccinated and we can be back to normal maybe by next fall. But, um, it's been a long haul. Speaking of baseball, your guy, Tim Tebow, calling it quits. Not going to play baseball anymore. He will not be putting people in baseball seats this year. He will not. And or it, putting and balls he, there or anything else. So Yeah. Um, started when he was 30, I want to say. Uh, 28, his, I think. 28. 28? Yeah, okay. Started in 2016 in Scottsdale in the Arizona Fall League. Right. After he had been unceremoniously dumped by the New England Patriots um, and other teams. Short NFL career. Uh, he did win I, a playoff game in the NFL. Oh, yeah, he did. Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> will tell you all about that. They yeah. had a good team that year, too, man. That was uh, that was incredible. That was with John Fox as the uh, Denver, I believe, the Denver Broncos yeah. uh, head coach. As much as people um, will crap on his football career, he did win an NFL playoff game. There's a lot of quarterbacks that can't say that. That's true. Um, Tim Tebow. So, so, you know, what? that whole baseball thing was very unusual, but – he gave, you know, everybody remembers the speech he gave at Florida, and it's it's memorialized in his statue outside of the field mm-hmm. up there in Gainesville. After they lost to Ole Miss? Yeah, and you're not going to see anybody try harder, all that kind of, you know, rah-rah stuff. It's a good speech. Um, I'll tell you what was a better one. 
the one he gave when when he when he decided to play baseball. Go back and listen to that. It, it was off the cuff, and it was spot on. And I would say play for every child in the world because it was all about um, taking a chance and putting yourself out there and not being afraid to fail. And how no one that has you know ever tried if you, if you don't try anything you you know you'll never achieve. Like the the only only the ones that achieve are the ones that put themselves out there and try and fail. But but the worst the worst sin is to live with regret, the regret of never having tried. And it, it I can't do justice to the speech. Go listen to it. Mm-hmm. Go on the Google machine and, and call up Tim Tebow Mets or whatever and um and I'm telling you you you'll you, and not just in sports in life you know it's a lesson mm-hmm. for life and it's what he has always done and he truly believes it and i've been around athletes before uh, a lot of them i mean that's all i've done right since when i played and you know my professional career and all that really impressive ones too by the way coaches as well been inspired by a lot of a lot of people mm-hmm. tim tebow for all the you know the pushback he gets from the phony Skip Bayless and, and all this stuff um, is one of the more truly, in my mind, one of the more inspirational athletes I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. I remember he came out of Florida. This was the weirdest thing to me, but he came out of Florida, and I was at uh, the Senior Bowl in Mobile, and they had a practice off-site. You know, usually they went to Dad's Stadium or whatever, what it was called. Lads, Lads Stadium, Dad Stadium is in Plant High, but uh, Lads People Stadium, whatever in Birmingham, or Mobile, I'm sorry. And but this was at a high school where one of the you know whether he played for the North or the South, I can't remember. But he was there, and you'll get fans that'll go and watch in the stands. They'll watch the workout, and the workout wasn't very long. Now we're in Alabama, okay? Think about where we're at. <laughs> we're in Alabama, man, and here's this Florida quarterback. And there are Tennessee fans, Alabama fans, um, Georgia fans, Florida fans. But the thing that Auburn fans, a lot of Auburn fans because it was in Alabama, the thing that impressed me was all these SEC rivals, right, fans of rival schools, could not have swarmed Tim Tebow anymore if he was the Beatles back in the 60s getting off the airplane. Uh at the Ed Sullivan show or whatever. I, I'm telling you, he was a rock star. I've never seen anything like it at an all-star game in Mobile. And then I got to thinking about it. It's like, wait, he kicked their butts. You know, they should not like Tim Tebow, right? Because Florida was winning national championships. But what they liked about him was what he represented. Mm-hmm. And what he represented was everything that was great. You know, clean-cut guy, God, uh, football the, in the South, it's religion, you know, mm-hmm. God and football get confused sometimes. And and he could not have been more accommodating. He could not have signed more autographs. People could not have been more excited to get close to him. It was the damnedest thing I've ever seen. I mean, he was, he is and was a rock star mm-hmm. um, when it came to SEC football. He still is a rock star. And, and you get back Absolutely. to his speech about, you know, you don't want to have the regrets and you just take chances. Yeah. What are we celebrating in Tampa Bay right now? Tom Brady took a chance. He, he decided did. to do something different and, and go out on a, him, He could have stayed in, in, in New England. And yes. Everything would have been fine with his legacy, and everything would have mm-hmm. been 
great. And even if they, you know, didn't win this year, still had, would have had six Super Bowl championships and, and, and everything. Yes. But he decided, I want to do something different. I don't want to have mm-hmm. a regret. I want to try something different. After 20 years, mm-hmm. it's time for me to do something different. And we celebrate that. Yeah. So why do we rip Tim Tebow for trying it? I mean, if you want to say he's know. not good enough and, you know, he never did make it to the majors, though, that's fair criticism. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes you succeed, sometimes you don't. But I, I don't understand why we we criticize a guy that says, you know what, I want to try something. You know, now, if they just put him in the majors and he didn't deserve to be there, okay, that would be a fair criticism. But the Mets never did that. Right. He played in the minors for parts of, what, four seasons? Three yeah. seasons plus the fall league? Yeah. They, he gave it a try. He never made it there. He wasn't good enough. Okay, and, and you know mm-hmm. he he can live with himself on that. I tried. I gave it right. my all. And, right. But why people? I, I never understood why people got so upset with Tim Tebow player, or you know even Michael Jordan doing the same thing. Right. Uh, you know if that's something you want to try now. You know if 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 you're just giving it and and people are upset because you know you were giving it and nobody else was, but you know they busted their butts in the minors for years. Michael Jordan didn't go straight to the White Sox. Nor did no. you know, Tim Tebow never made it to the majors. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he that's something he wanted to try in his life. He did it. He tried it. Maybe it wasn't as successful as he'd hoped, but he has no regrets. Right. No, and and, and he put himself out there. And let me just tell you, uh, from somebody who, who tried to play one sport, I can't imagine how these guys, even Michael Jordan or Tim Tebow, Michael Jordan didn't play since Little League. Uh, Tim Tebow played in high school. They had gone years and years without picking up a bat or a baseball. And to even attempt to play professionally against guys that that's all they do and all they have done, um, it's incredible you could Mm -hmm. even put yourself out there at all, right, much less have some success swinging the bat or making plays in the field or whatever it is. And he was 28 years old. I mean, he was, you know, so – but I'll tell you a quick Tim Tebow story. So, you know, I from afar, because I didn't cover Florida when he was there, there was a level of, come on, this guy can't be for real. You know what I mean? Like, from afar, not knowing him, he was too good to be true, right? Like, this, who is this guy, right? Makes the speech, wins the national championship, you know, all of that. Well, not only that, but I think he was the only player not arrested on that Florida team. <laughs> well, you may be right. Um yeah, which I don't know how he was on Urban Myers team. I'm but, kidding, um, Gator fans. I'm kidding. It was yeah, only like forty yeah. some players. Direct your mail to at Steve Burst. Um, so, you know, but but not knowing, I didn't cover the team. I didn't. I didn't. Really, I just watched the games, and he was a he was a phenomenal, the most decorated college football player maybe of all time. Okay, and that may not be overstating things. Won the Heisman National, all that stuff. So. There comes a time when he uh, he goes and um, he goes to Denver. And I'm trying to think of the circumstance. There was a quarterback there or not, but anyways, it's after either he was being drafted, he was in the draft, or he had been selected, something like that. Uh, there was a gala that I went to, and um, my wife was kind of helping out with some of the media there, and. Tebow was at it, and so he obviously, whenever Tebow goes, he draws a crowd. I mean, everybody loves Tim Tebow, especially in Florida. So people were kind of like wanting to get close to him, and and uh, there was a a veteran um, who was disabled in a wheelchair um, who wanted to meet him, 
And so the organizers made Tebow aware of this. And he went, you know, sort of what we would call the green room. They had like a backstage area or whatever. And there was this guy. And I think Tebow did play for the Broncos at that time. And there was this guy who was there. And he was a decorated, you know, serviceman. Been wounded in combat, all that. I'm, when I tell you that they, we would, they wouldn't allow the media back there. I just happened to be back there because my wife was sort of helping out with media and with Tebow specifically. He spent 25 minutes with this guy, took pictures. I listened to his conversation he had with him. No, this wasn't for cameras. This wasn't for his image. This was, this was just, hey, Tim, would you mind? There's a guy, what, you know. Oh, sure, no problem. And to listen to the interaction, I left there going, wow, this dude, man. He freaking get he's he's he is exactly as you see, you know he's exactly as he appears to be. Um, offered him you know uh, uh, provided t- he was going to get him tickets so he can go to the game and when he's going to go to Denver and watch him play. I mean, spent twenty twenty five minutes with this dude, and I came away there a big Tim Tebow fan. I, I don't mind saying it. I'm not a fan of many players. Um, I'm a fan of good people, and he's good people. Period. Um, I just like him, you know, and and I like him on TV. I think you, he's, I you think hear he so many stories TV. like that about him, but so, it's I mean, true because you, you hear true. people tell those stories all the time, and it's never, it's not for the cameras. It's not. No, it, he didn't. In fact, he didn't want any. He he asked, could mm-hmm. could he just be alone with this guy? Because yep. there was a time when you know people could see him go back there, and the cameras like, hey, can we can we can we? And and he was like, no, nah, I don't want anybody back here. Mm-hmm. He he didn't want that. He just wanted to spend time with the guy. And his and spent time with his with the guy's wife, and his family. Like, it was incredible. And he wasn't in a hurry, you know what I mean? He wasn't. He was going to spend as much time as that guy wanted. Invited him to the game. Was going to set him up. I mean, just couldn't have been nicer. And and you know, look. I mean, it's not a huge sacrifice to give your time to somebody who's you know paid one of the ultimate prices. As if I think we'd all want to do that. But um, I think there is this perception sometimes that like. You know, this is all for cameras, or this guy is too good to be true, or, you know, he can't be. No, that's who he is. <laughs> that's just who he is, man. He was raised right, you know. And and I'll tell you, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, and I'm not, this is a false equivalency, but like with Brady, who, who obviously has a corporate image and, and things like that, but, 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 um, for a superstar, and you can ask his teammates, his coaches, he is his parents have done a hell of a job, you know, because he could put on airs with anybody for what he's accomplished, and he just doesn't. He just he truly just wants to be one of the dudes when he's playing football. That's mm-hmm. that's he just wants to be one of the guys, and that's why his teammate. You can't find a teammate that has anything bad to say about him because he's a great teammate, even at age forty three when he could be their dad. But, um, you know. So anyway, congratulations to Tim Tebow. Sorry you didn't make it to the majors. It's a great lesson. Go back and listen to that speech that he gave when, or it wasn't a speech, but that press conference he had when he decided to play baseball. It is phenomenal, and everybody, everybody should take it to heart. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Moffitt Cancer Center. Moffitt is a proud partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Call one eight 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 Moffitt M O F F I T T. Finally, uh, the best player in baseball. It's official. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. And how do we know this? Because he just signed 
was it 14 years? Is that, am I right about that? 14, 14 years, years, $340 million. 340. Oh, and by the way, in baseball, it's guaranteed, folks. <laughs> I mean, he's going to walk away with 340 no matter what happens to him. No, as long as he shows up. Well, yeah, he's got to try to play. But yeah. if you got, let's say he got hurt, let's say he had a career in oh, yeah, injury. Yeah, hurt's okay, but you just got to show up. Yeah. But you got, you got to try to play. But 14 years, really? Who does a 14-year deal? He does. That's who. Yeah, maybe we'll, learn, maybe we'll learn more about him, including, you know, what his real hair color is, since that's not his real hair color. <laughs> that's not my real that. hair color. Yeah. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, we're going to talk baseball tomorrow. You guys are lucky. We're going to talk to Mark Topkin, my buddy at the Tampa Bay Times, covers the race. His season is here. Feels like it just ended, but it is here again. Got lots to talk about with the Rays. Pitchers and catchers are in camp. Players will follow soon. What are they going to do with the outfield? they got too many outfielders. I don't know. You think Kiermaier stays? You think he's here now, or do you think there's still a chance that he moves? Uh, there, oh, there's a chance everybody on this team moves. I mean, Well, that's true. <laughs> we're, mean, a long way, we're a long way from anything with I mean, the opening day is, what, April or end of March? I forget which day it is now, but it's April 1st around I, then. I mean, I we're think well over a month out, before I then. think they move they're going to move an outfielder, I think. They have to. I would think they do unless someone gets hurt in spring, and then that could, you know, sometimes those things work themselves out too. So, I mean, you don't hope for that, but sometimes it just happens. The other thing is, though, and I say this with all due respect, is there a team that wants Kevin Kiermaier and that salary? I mean, if you need help I defensively, mean, if you need help defensively, he's definitely somebody you can go get. He's going to win you some games with his glove, mm-hmm. and he hits. And I'll say this about Kevin: like in the in the playoffs last year, he had some big hits. Now, in big moments, he had some huge moments. His plate approach during the playoffs was a lot more what he should be doing during the regular season. Yeah, hit the and ball it, the other way, well, but it cha- changes based on the situation. Yeah, if he needed to hit the ball out, he yeah. hit the ball out. There are times mm-hmm. to try to yoke it. There are other times you try to just slap it down the line or get on know, base just hit, hit it to the started. gap and run i mean you know mm-hmm. and it's it's understanding those situations of when to you know you know you're down three runs in the eighth inning nobody on that's not the time to swing for the fences because one run isn't right. what you need you need right. base runners you know and it's just it's knowing those situations that sometimes get lost with his at bats at times and but in the playoffs he was he was he had the right approach the whole time and that's the kevin kimmer you want to see all year long yeah no, I agree. Um, I hope he stays. I mean, he, he's another guy that you mm-hmm. like to watch playing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like Kevin. I don't know how long he'll be here. He's like the second highest paid player on the team, I think, second or third. Makes a good, makes um, good Yeah, he might be might be first now. He I mean, might Mort- be. Morton right was last year. Snell's gone. Snell's gone. Yeah, Snell would have been second, so he might be the most expensive now. Wow, that's incredible. Well, we'll ask Mark Topkin tomorrow. He would know. Real treat for all you baseball fans. He certainly will. He'll be on the big show uh, for Friday's podcast. So thanks for listening. Um, we hope you guys have a great day. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk to you on Friday. Mm-hmm.